0: Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we're going to be discussing sketches from Saturday Night Live and Three Princes. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we're going to be discussing, at badmedicinecomedy.com slash All right, very excited to be here. Joining me, as always, it's Seth Alcorn. Hello. And our producer, Isaiah Hedden. Hello. I'm Andy Weld, and today we're joined by Jessica Randazzo. Jess, how you doing?
1: Hey there. I'm great. Thanks for asking.
0: Right. Now, normally this is the point in the show where we'd ask Jess about her background in comedy, but Jess has been on the show at least once, if not more than that. It Um, feels
1: like more than that because of how much I talk. (laughs)
0: It's true. It's it's true. It's very hard for me to signal that a segment is ending um, because you need to get a word in edgewise. Um, But Jess, uh, you know, I I think, you know, one part of your personality is doing comedy and the only other part is being a mother. Um, Mm -hmm. So why don't you tell us some of the funny, some funny recent kids stories.
1: Funny recent kids stories. Oh wow! How to dissect it from all of just like the rage and crying and tears? No, no, no. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. Both of them turned eight and four in March, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, both.
0: So you've got a system. You and Joe have like a system. We have a system so when, we yeah.
1: down. It's like once a year, and then so you should go. be
0: having one soon. Then right every four years
1: every no thank you everybody has closed up shop and boarded it all up and moved out of town it's all done now um our children are blessed events and that's all the blessed events that i can handle so no we comedy is big to them too they i think they both know because my husband uh joe randazzo also performs comedy in the dc area and uh uh so they know uh that mommy and daddy do comedy and um Uh, and what comedy is. And my eight-year-old has actually done uh, like little kid improv stuff on stage. And he's, so he's had like four minutes of stage time his entire life. And he will tell everybody that he's a comedian and he's done like, and this is from years ago and he remembers. So, um, and then my brother-in-law actually also does stand-up. So I was just talking on the phone the other day to my mother about how he's going to do stand-up this weekend at Caroline's uh, up in New York. And that's a big thing because my father in law used to be a bouncer there, so it's a whole comedy family. Wow. And uh, and so I was saying, yeah, G is going to be doing you know stand up this weekend, and my son Gasper, who we also call G, looked up from his switch and went, "What? Who? Where am I performing? Which stage am I on? Yeah. Where?" Am I? <laughs> like immediately, and I was like, "Oh, do you have a do you have a Type Five ready? Got to yeah? <laughs> you ready? You ready to go, buddy? <laughs> we got to get to New York because you're going to get on stage, so." They both, and then George, the four year old, is constantly, uh, I funny, I funny like brother, I funny like mommy, I funny like daddy. Like he understands it as currency in the house, which is what it is. So
0: does, yeah. does he not know how to use verbs?
1: He, <laughs> he's <laughs> four, and all children are on their own, you know, uh, education journey to path. verbs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He's getting there, okay? He he can uh, both my ch- both my male children can start sentences with the word actually, which I'm trying to oh, stop boy. so hard. Both of them. I'm like you're too white and too male to use that word at the beginning of a sentence. Please stop. So. Actually,
0: Jess. What I would say.
1: About <laughs> so. <laughs> so we're working on it. But yeah, everybody in the house is comedy. So it's laughter all the time, guys. Nonstop.
2: Well, I I would say I like the idea of comedy being a currency in a household. I don't think growing up, comedy in that sense was something that was used as a currency. But you had to be smart enough to defend yourself when jokes started flying and not to like walk into a barrage of jokes because the entire dinner table will turn on you if you do something dumb or say something dumb, but it wasn't used as like, hey, you're funny. Here's a here's some ice cream. Like, you, there was no benefit. It was all self-defense.
0: I like I, the idea of comedy being a currency because I prefer not to have another job.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I, I have an idea now. Can't fail. We'll just call it comedy coin, right? It's, <laughs> it's a cryptocurrency there you go. whose value is pegged... To the amount of comedy we perform. Oh my god,
1: that's good. So we're
0: maybe we could actually get people to be in our fucking Facebook. shows. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'll
3: I'll be in one again at some point. No, no, that
0: was <laughs> that's truly not a shot at you. Uh, <laughs> I know, but
3: I haven't been in one in. Well, there was a pandemic. That's part of my excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We need fair, to, we fair, need to fair. bring back the Cookie Wizard. Cookie Wizard is no. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like how. That could, Seth's noise you just made there could apply to any sketch, really. <laughs> any sketch, but
1: definitely any oh! Seth sketch. Any the Seth cookie character. Wizard. Yes, any Seth character at all. Can that's pick, it, that's the
3: sure. only one I do.
0: <laughs> all right, well, let's, uh, let's get into the episode today. Uh, our first sketch uh, was brought to us today by Seth. Uh, Seth, what's the sketch and why'd you pick it?
3: Oh boy! Well, it's the Roe versus Wade cold open, and I picked it because I like to be topical. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about it. So, after Justice Samuel Alito's leaked draft opinion to overturn Roe versus Wade, a flashback to the 13th century uh, to 13th century England shows the exact moments three men—Benedict Cumberbatch, Andrew Dismukes, James Austin Johnson—vote to outlaw abortion, and Cumberbatch was on promoting Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. There's a little bio of him. I'll go ahead and read that too. Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch. Oh, the British. Uh, CBE, born 19th July, 1976, is an English actor. Known for his work on screen and stage, he has received various accolades, including a British Academy Television Award, a Primetime Emmy Award, and a Laurence Olivier Award, in addition to nominations for two Academy Awards, two British Academy Film Awards, and four Golden Globe
2: Awards. But let's be careful. The worst thing that could happen if someone leaks this conversation to the town crier.
1: Uh, Knock, knock. Just kidding. We don't have doors.
2: Uh, Anywho,
1: I was outside watching the sheriff throw left-handed children into the river, and I couldn't help but overhear you talking about a new law.
2: Uh-oh, a woman hear ideas and it make her think, why I no have those? Yeah, something like that. So, I have a couple questions.
3: Careful, Margaret. Don't make us make another hole in your skull
0: so your brain can breathe. I just so, want to say real quick, the fact that his name is Benedict Timothy Carlton Cumberbatch sounds like he's a person named Benedict Cumberbatch
3: with an alias of Timothy Carlton. Benedict Timothy Carlton Exactly. I'm actually kind of surprised that he didn't go by Timothy Carlton. Like, it seems like his agent would have suggested that at some point. Yes, he's just going for uniqueness. Yeah, but they, sorry, that, he,
1: his agent knew that the Cumber bitches were coming. So they were it was like, that's a good one. We're gonna there we are.
3: FYI, they needed that nickname.
1: He and I have the same birthday. So obviously, obviously talented and wonderful and depth.
0: He must be younger than you, though. <laughs>
1: Rude. He's four years older than
3: me. Oh wow! Oh,
2: <laughs> oh,
3: Andy, you just got yourself in a peck of trouble. <gasps> I'm coming for
1: you, Andy. I'm coming for you. Oh my goodness.
2: Well, I was gonna say you're you're both British-ish. Yeah,
1: this is true. So that, that counts. I do understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: There's
0: something yeah. there. All right, Seth, continue with your introduction. Yes, please. Isaiah. Yeah. Seth, okay.
3: Continue. Well, when I was watching this, the thing that I was struck by. Uh, they actually started it. They were like 30 seconds into it, and I'm like, "Oh, I know how they're going to end this because I know how I wanted it to end, and how I would have ended it if I had the choice." Would be to have Steve Martin come in as Theodoric Barber of York and say something pithy to wrap up the uh, pithy to wrap up the sketch. Now that didn't happen, and I was kind of disappointed. But the whole thing really, really felt like a Theodoric Barber of York sketch. What's interesting is that there there are two. There's Uh, Theodoric Barber of York and Theodoric uh, Medieval Judge. And the first one takes place in 1303. The second one takes place in 1157. So this one sort of split the difference between them. Um, But yeah, it it was really just... uh, A lot of it was making fun of how much medieval people didn't know. This one had a bit of a sharper context as it was making fun of how much medieval people didn't know um, in the context of the the leaked opinion that we've all seen, I I will say though, uh, they were a they were a few centuries off. Um, Alito was clo- quoting from an Elizabethan uh jurist, so you know, only, only about three hundred years.
1: Those three hundred years really made a difference in the science and techno- technological They, they sure did. I mean, to be old fair, England made.
0: Yeah. To be fair, the Renaissance does happen
3: in between the first thing and second thing. Yeah, that's true. But they're still burning witches, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that, yeah. that was one of the things is that uh, the guy that Alito quoted from as being, uh, this guy knows what he's talking about, uh, presided over two witch trials in which the witches were burnt. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, wow. fun times. That's yeah. It's a comedy show, right? We're talking about comedy. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed. I'm
0: jazzed. I texted <laughs> I Isaiah before the show him. and said I can't wait to feel depressed while we talk uh, <laughs> during this episode. So yeah, so so Seth, I think you you, you touched on it a little bit, but extend like what what exactly the format of the sketches and how and how kind of the mapping is working
3: here. Okay, so what's happening is it's three guys talking essentially talking about abortion cumberbatch's character comes up with this idea oh maybe we should outlaw abortion and then what happens is they proceed to go around and talk about other things that people did in the 13th century which we now know are bad for a variety of reasons like for example you know it's like while i was you know uh cleaning the hole that we poop out of you know, and the the poop falls in the water, water, and we have a boat. Mo- yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know, we know now that that's a breeding ground for cholera. Uh, but it's and, and it's like this kind of thing, and they keep coming up with other things that people did back in the Middle Ages that we wouldn't do. And then they even do stuff like Cecily Strong comes in, and they're extraordinarily sexist to her, which is making the point again about the ruling. Uh, but they sort of keep doing this, and then. Um, I do not know the guy's name. Uh, which one?
1: Uh, Chris Red.
3: Chris Red, who comes yep. in as as the more and, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then he's like that's it. he says something. He's like, ah, just kidding. I know I don't get a vote. <laughs> you ever you ever think it's going to be a bad century for you, like that kind <laughs> of stuff? Uh, and then finally, Kate McKinnon comes in as uh, the the village weird woman who's eaten a strange mushroom off of a cow pat and now has visions of the future and talks about how Roe versus Roe versus Wade will happen, and then it'll be overturned, and then, of course, they're going to go burner as a witch.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then they all say live from New York at Saturday night. You know, right? the, the classic end of the cold open. I'm not
0: sure we've talked about a cold open on the show before. Oh, we have we? Really? Okay. okay. I'm not sure open. we've covered one, but yeah. Historically, I haven't covered political topics, and those are usually... The uh, I think it's
2: good yeah, point. that's true. That's true, yeah. Well, I, I guess the question is, like, that was the format of that show, that yeah. sketch. But like, what is a cold open? Like, what is supposed to do? What is your intent to have? What are they trying to accomplish with the cold open? Is it just, this is where we do the political sketch. Now we've done that. We've talked about the most common thing that's on everybody's lips. Now we can move on with the silly stuff. Is that what the cold open is? Should it be changed to be the political open? Like, what's, like, why is that happening? Um, mean, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think you
0: actually get at the heart of it. There is that you know a, a cold open for for any show uh, they they happen, Sitcoms have cold opens, dramas have cold opens. A cold yeah. open is just the beginning of a show that doesn't have credits before it. Um, it's just starting the show without any kind of title screen or setup.
3: Yeah. So the audience isn't warmed up. So it's a yeah exactly. Cold open. The, the audience yeah. is cold. Yeah. That's why
0: most shows have a stand up. Opener or have some kind of opener to warm up up the audience so that the main act isn't cold. And the SNL audience has stand ups doing material before they see the show so that they're a warmer audience. But, you know, the cold open, I think, as you said, Isaiah, has become basically the spot for the much too long political sketch because so often they run eight to nine minutes. This one luckily doesn't, but very often they do. Um, they've even run, you know, so during political season, during like election season, they'll run 12 minutes sometimes if they're doing a debate Well, they end sketch. up
1: like fitting, the more characters they can fit in, right? The more cameos of yeah. celebrities and stuff like that. If there's people, you know, like when Melissa McCarthy was, um, God, spicy, Thank
0: you. So, uh, Sean Spicer. Yeah. Sean Spicer. Okay.
1: You know, and, uh, Matt Damon came on as, um, crying your all. eyes out over a calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, that was great. That was so good. so good. And they pay all so these people big money, too, oh, to come yeah. out and do this.
3: Yeah. I wonder how much they were paying Alec Baldwin to be Trump for as long as they had him being Trump. I who think it was a now lot. One yeah. of the
1: guys in the sketch the with Austin in his name. That's the one who... James Austin yeah. Johnson. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, 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 but I, but I, I I think it's become stagnant because I often skip the cold open. Because totally I just don't, don't Never!
1: never i just never.
0: i Sacrifice very rarely because i just very rarely find like topical political stuff funny just
1: cool. It just
0: always seems like all right you're just kind of like especially when it's like the news of the day it's like it's very often just like whatever the first take is and i think maybe it's just living in a 24-hour news cycle and hot take cycle but well, like, also
1: DC, like honestly, when you sure. leave DC, people aren't paying attention as much. There's other yeah. parts of the country that they don't pay attention to. And we think that it's like on everybody's lips and you leave here and you're like, wait, you guys don't know slash care about A, B, and C. <laughs> so, I, I just know for me,
0: it very often is just a, a big nothing. And it just feels like, all right, well, I've, I've sat through this and now it's on to the next thing. I have That's just received interesting.
1: Uh, a... Uh, I've just received an email from uh, SNL and um, the cold open itself that says you're a big nothing, Andy. So yeah, that's I think fair. That you.
0: <laughs> you and my, I, SNL and my depression agree. Um, just, just
1: I know this is sketch that we're talking about, but if you are not, if you are not topically interested in comedy, are you also a person who is not a late night uh, show fan? Like, do you not watch monologues of the? No. <gasps> Yeah, no. that's like I'll, I'll, that's for me. That's for well, for me, that's what like got me through the past several years. Like I oh, had see, I can't. I,
0: I that it it only enforces my negative feelings.
1: Oh, I I had to hear it from other people so it like helped me understand that I wasn't crazy. You know what I mean? Like that, the, and I think that that like you're saying, Isaiah, with the SNL cold open. I think that they do present like let's acknowledge reality. Let's let's you know we'll do something funny with the absurdity of what's in the news today. And then yes, and then we can move on. It's kind of like, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room. And now let's try and be funny in other ways, even though funny stuff is not happening in the world, you know? So I think there's a part of that. And I think it's it's like a brand of theirs that everyone's come to expect. So when big things like this does ha- do happen, you there are people who tune in, I'm pointing at my face, <laughs> specifically to see what SNL is going to do with their cold open because of what happened this week in the news, you know? So. I,
3: I actually find, well, no, that's it's not true because th- there are definitely some cold opens that are not, that are, that are just aren't good. They're flat or they run on too long or what have you. But generally, when the cold open is good, it's usually one of, if not the best sketch in the show, uh, which is another good reason to put it first, right? It's if they know it's tight, they know it's good. It's going to get people into what's going on. And, Andy, since you mentioned the debate thing, I think, because I actually watched this when it aired, but the um, the Perot-Bush-Clinton debate, which I think is still, I mean, you have to be familiar with 90s politics, but Not it's still. <laughs> yeah.
1: Can't it finish. Can't finish.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's Dana Carvey playing two roles. But, I mean, it was a debate sketch. I don't know how long it is, but that thing is still like I could still watch that and and find it to be.
1: She wasn't was. it a wasn't the Saddam telephone with uh Linda Tripp and everything? And wasn't oh, that a cold with, open it was with
0: Monica Lewinsky?
1: Yeah, but Saddam gets called, they call Saddam at the end too, and they're yes. on the phone with Saddam and Monica Lewinsky. And, and Linda Tripp's on the phone too, yeah.
3: That was a cold open,
1: yeah. Yeah, that was a cold yeah.
0: open, yeah. Has,
2: has SNL done a cold open episode where they just air a bunch of cold opens back to back throughout they the year? I was wondering that, I was just I mean,
0: looking. Yeah. It's not possible. Oh, you mean like a best of cold like, open? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, best, like, best, yeah <laughs> best of cold. cold I was like, open. Yeah. By
2: definition, they can't yeah. do
1: that. One cold open after another. That's it. Live from New York over and over. I mean, you,
2: they probably have enough good ones to to right, to yeah. fill, you know, their 45-minute window. Seasons of
3: them. I hope oh, they have. For
2: sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, also,
3: Andy. I have a question though. Remind me how you felt about the killer bees sketch. Oh, it's way too long. I like okay. it when it gets meta. it has to be that long of that sketch it has to be that long well even the second half of that sketch is like 10 minutes it's a 20 minute sketch isn't it
0: i'm not saying that i like
1: don't like long. i thought it was
0: way too long yeah
3: Um,
0: i think i'm just and maybe i've just been like conditioned by our own writer's room or by the classes that i've taken i've just like gotta trim the fat but it's just like i just feel like a sketch that's, and I, I am certainly guilty of writing long sketches. Like, I definitely do that. But like, a television, a, 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 a sketch aired on television that's six minutes long or more, well it just seems to take forever. The Theodric, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Barbara of York one that I watched, I thought the best joke in that was calling Gilda Radner Brune
3: Gilda. And the yeah, right that, that was happened like, that was 30 seconds fun. into it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say this. They weren't fussed about length in the seventies, and I agree. There was a more
1: chill, relaxed vibe when it came to a lot of things, actually.
3: Yeah, I and I agree that Theodoric Barber of York certainly could have cut like they cut a minute and a half, two minutes out of it.
1: Mm Uh,
3: it would have been a good idea. I forget how long Theodoric Medieval Judge runs, but I would guess it's probably similar. But uh, yeah, the, I think the reason I thought about it, and honestly, I think I was thinking more medieval judge than um, uh, than Barber, is because uh, at one point, John Belushi gets called up because he's been accused of adultery. And they're like, how should we punish you for this? Well, when you were caught thieving, we took your hand, and John Belushi holds up his arm. It's like, when you were caught lying, we took out your tongue. Adultery. Adultery, like. <laughs> um, but the reason I thought it was again because of the uh, barbaric punishment, which is something that gets mentioned in the Roe versus Wade sketch.
2: Yeah,
3: essentially. So, well, yeah, there was.
2: About- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You Finish saying.
3: I was just going to say there. There was a lot. That's why I so badly wanted it to finish with Steve Martin walking in in the Theodoric costume because it really just felt like it was a spiritual continuation of that series
1: do you think though that um i mean you we, we just said we, what we've had 42 seasons do you think that there's eight, enough 48. people 48 are you kidding me didn't they just have the 40 oh my god i'm so old
2: yes yes eight so, years
1: ago.
2: <laughs> <yeah>. they're trying <laughs> wow. to get to 50 hard yeah real fast wow
1: um uh no but do you think that that it it would resonate, you know what i mean? because there's certain characters i think over the years but do you think that one would resonate enough with people?
3: That, i think you know? it might just be at the cusp of of losing its its viability. but i would also say that in addition to it being a again i love both of those sketches if you're going to do something that's topical anyway, right? like Hopefully this sketch won't be good in a few years for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why not Why not go ahead and throw that in? I, I think enough people would have remembered Theodoric Barber of York.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and Jess, I'd also say that if it's Steve Martin doing it, it really yeah. doesn't matter. Because yeah, that's true. I, I think You're Steve correct. Martin is probably the most popular, at least like in the SNL universe, person who could appear and everybody could go, Oh shit! It's Steve Martin. Like yeah, he appeared in in a so-so sketch this most recent weekend on the Selena Gomez episode. I um, that episode yeah. Oh, of course he did, um, because she was oh, there promoting she's in murders Only Murders in the, in the, the building. building, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's like you What's do happening? you do perk up because it's Steve Martin it's Steve and Martin, yeah. he. De- I, it's nice to see that he's doing Only Murders in the Building, but you know he's not doing comedy in the same way that he was a long time ago. He's much more committed to music now.
3: Um,
1: that man can play a banjo though Have you seen it? I saw him Oof.
0: He's
3: very you talented. Know, He taught himself by listening to records I believe it awesome. yeah. he's, very
1: he's, he's, a, he's a He's a renaissance man guys He's Steve Martin, he's a playwright and a musician And a comedian and a, he's everything
2: Is there Is there a comedian today that is the Steve Martin Of our time I was trying to find one the other day And I was struggling to come up with a name Who is our Steve Martin so let's let's think about what what
0: makes Steve Martin right? Because it is it are the things we're looking for for Steve Martin, someone who's a talented musician and a talented comedian? Because then you might say, is it Bo Burnham? But Bo Burnham doesn't have the personal personality and kind of the personal personableness of Steve Martin's Martin also. um or kind of the the goofiness for the most like if you no. think about Steve Martin in the jerk, like Bo Burnham's not making that movie. No. So is it like, is it a talented comedian with staying Play power story. who's also goofy? So is that Paul Rudd? Like, not no, because he's not this like voice of comedy. I don't know.
3: Uh, I, my knee jerk was John Delaney, but I don't think Delaney's enough. Delaney, Mulaney. 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 Yeah. I don't know why I said Delaney, but excuse me, John Delaney. But I don't. Delaney's you know. had
1: a far-reaching influence that people didn't realize because he was a writer for so long, and people didn't realize on SNL like Stefan was Melaney. You know, yeah. then, like so.
2: I feel yeah. like the Mulaney bandwagon had a, a, a good, tough hit a couple of years ago. And so I feel like he's not at that same level, but he was, I would say, on that trajectory where it could have gone that, where he could he have probably reached- probably wouldn't
0: have had that same hit if he was Steve Martin in 1981, right? Like, it's, the, reasons, the uh, reason uh, John Mulaney had a hit is because he had a very public relapse and divorce. Yeah.
2: Um, and then, so, like- and then a baby. And him and Olivia Munn aren't together anymore, right? Unclear. 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 So, that, so it's just it's just chaos.
1: They were yeah. together as of his Netflix taping. So she's well. The, 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 the tabloids
0: basically said like they're not together, but who oh, yeah. okay. knows?
1: She was but. backstage on the Netflix thing, and they posted it on YouTube. So
2: wow. Mm. All right. um... Let's, let's get back to the actual sketch. Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the reason we're here. Uh, well, you
3: asked the question. I, 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 I know, practice. I know, I, I, I totally derailed us. <laughs> uh,
2: the, thing the answer that's is, out-
1: there is no other Steve Martin. Steve Martin is the Steve Martin of Steve Martins, yes. and that's all
0: that there is. 100%. That's why I couldn't Marty talk. Short, Martin Short is the Steve Martin of Steve. <laughs>
1: Martin Short is
0: <laughs> I couldn't come up
2: with a name. I'm yeah. gonna say Chevy Chase is the, no, he's not. He's uh, just not. Not even close. I love him. Cause I'm watching this sketch, the barber sketch, and I'm like, he's carrying it. And I don't think there's anyone you could drop into that role today that could carry it the way he's carrying it. But he's playing, Steve, Mark- he's playing yeah. Steve Martin. Yeah, he's playing Steve Martin. He's doing a character. Funny. He's just being. Oh, funny. yeah.
1: I love that he guy. Could, he could have the arrow on his head during yeah. that sketch. You know? exactly. yeah. It's the same. It's the same guy. So for I mean, sure.
3: And it would I mean, I mean, you would, we would have loved that. It would have been. Well, you know, it's been difficult since the Normans attacked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, But that's the difference between, do we want to talk differences between these sketches yet, or do you sure. need to Sure, I want to talk similarities.
2: similarities.
1: Similar, uh, well, I, 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 here's what I was interested in. I So I, I remembered I, the Roe versus Wade one, because that was now, and then uh, going back to watch um, the medieval, as uh, Don Pardo was saying, Uh, Barber, I was waiting for uh, Garrett Morris to come out like Chris Redd did to be like, you know, like, hey, how about me? Just joking, you know. But and I was wondering, it it kind of uh, shows you how they did do politics back in those days, in those seasons, because they came after Ford and they came after other people at times. But it wasn't like an A number one thing, you know, all the time when they could squeeze something in, it wasn't always about society, like the the way that we're going at it, the way that SNL does it now, you know, like it was different. So uh, I thought that that was interesting because I was kind of waiting for it, seeing if anybody, any cast member of color was going to appear, you know, in this ancient uh, <laughs> time period. Um, so I think it, it, was, it was different I was different. It was a then. year
3: old when that uh, was made. It was a year old, Jessica. Ancient? Really?
1: Yeah. No, I meant the medieval <laughs> ancient. Oh, <okay. laughs> I meant the time period of the sketch. <laughs> also,
3: not the definition also, of
0: ancient. Oh, uh-huh.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, no, but um, but I thought that that was interesting because I realized I was like waiting for it. And then I had to look up to see who was in the, and, you know, uh, Garrett Morris was in, because that cast was Aykroyd Belushi, Curtin, Morris, Bill Murray, Lorraine Newman, and Gilda Radner. So, I was like, God! Imagine like the only if the cast one of the whole SNL sketch. today had
0: seven players in it. How fantastic <laughs> would that be?
2: <laughs>
1: Bite your tongue. I love everybody on that stage. I love them all.
2: I love Bill Murray in his sketch, uh, and he was just doing Bill. He wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. All of them he, are doing them. They're, they're doing, it, doing it, but he's really just doing Bill. Like,
0: up. Mm-hmm. Jane Curtin is the only one trying to play a character. Yeah, it feels like from, that from that time period. From that time
2: period, he yeah. is just doing Bill, and he's—I love it when he pulls his legs up and he starts whacking the floor.
0: <laughs> well,
1: the I same also voice
2: be- he does in Caddyshack. Too. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's the
1: it's the gardener. I was thinking too how what has changed like between then and now in terms of props and what they'll put actors through. Because you could tell the boots that he's wearing when they lift him up by his ankles; those were obviously special, so that they could like tie it tight enough but not hurt his feet so that he was, because uh, he's being lifted into the air only by that. And now when you see cast members do anything air-wise, I mean, they're in a full harness. You know what I mean? Like it's different. And he definitely could have been dropped right on his head. Even well, that's though he just like
0: standards of practice. Yeah, he I appreciate sure it. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Well, this <it's laughs> is interesting. It's just interesting to see the differences of what, you know, what they were, because I mean, like you ask anybody, like see any interview from back then, and they'll say like, you know, now people go to schooling and classes and classes and classes, just so you're good enough to be on Saturday Night Live. And we were just a bunch of dumb kids doing some fun stuff. And we, you know, I mean, they, they did, they did, you know, Second City and this, that and the other sometimes as well, but not all of them. And, you know, they weren't, there wasn't like a, this as polished uh, idea to you before you were there i guess the
0: counterpoint to that is though is that we still do have shows like that that pop up or maybe youtube channels are now the, the vision of that obviously TikTok
3: TikTok like videos sn yeah
0: yeah snl is now an institution mm-hmm. um but there are still versions of people just being raw and being there if you think about oh, yeah. i mean it's, it's only you know 15 years later and i'm sure we can come with a more modern example but if you think of like um uh, the new group from NYU just becoming the state at twenty three. There's huh. just like a bunch of twenty two year olds. It's just like, here, make your sketch show. and I, I I think that does happen because you're trying to capture zeitgeisty things. And yeah, um, people have more training now. and
3: um, we're, we're twenty five years out. <laughs> we're twenty five years out in state.
0: I mean, I was two when the state came out. So yeah. it's not like you I'm shut up,
3: me. you go to hell. You go to hell and you die.
0: Oh, I'm already there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, uh, already, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think one of the things that stood out was they make a COVID joke to yeah. me. It's in the in the Roe v Wade sketch. Does this? It's it it, it parodies. In fact, this was the thing I, I maybe liked the most because the I think the thing that this sketch felt fell flat for me personally. Okay. Um, because it felt to me as though I wish there was more mapping of. I, I I wish it was more about uh, comparing medieval to modern rather than just like look at all these other bad medieval ideas. Yeah, like I, I wish there was more comparison happening. But there's this comparison plagued COVID, and you do the mask bit and the my body my choice, which did come up in the context of people not wanting vaccinations. Yeah, um, so that felt relevant. But I'm 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 wondering how people thought the COVID joke landed and and. and 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 that
3: aspect of it i thought the covid joke i i i enjoyed the covid joke because it was again it was here are the people we're making fun of this is their general mindset let's let's poke all of the places where that's visible i i do honestly though i agree with you i don't know that the entire sketch fell flat but did it feel like they didn't know how to end it yes it did Hi, welcome to Saturday Night Live. I didn't enjoy
1: I didn't enjoy the the one thousand Bs. I was like, you there was a better there was a better punchline than uh, The
2: audience um, didn't enjoy it either. There was a ooh kind (laughs) of Yeah, exactly. That was the one that
1: Yeah, that was a but I enjoyed when (laughs) Cecily came out and she was like, you know, knock knock, just kidding, we don't have doors. Like, you know, this is how And then like, she was like, since I'm almost at the childbearing age of 12, don't you think I have, you know, and then. Kate McKinnon coming back out, and they're like an ogre. And she's like, no, just a woman in her thirties. <laughs> like it's just with throwaway like, jokes.
2: But yeah. it's, it's
1: like it played literally. It was like then and now. The idea that like that's still something, you know, that society's upset with. <laughs> and, uh, I guess
0: for me, like that that stuff that's the stuff that falls flat to me because it just takes this like because you
1: don't have ovaries. We get it, Andy. I know. But,
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's not not that. It's the it's the general idea of this like medieval people are stupid thing. Like mm-hmm. and, and like it just plays into this trope that's totally untrue. It like
1: but I think like, as a woman in your 30s you still feel that you feel that that's how society treats you now. That's yeah, her joke. It's what That's hasn't just, changed. It's not changed. It hasn't changed. Like, a woman in your 30s, you're not ah. appealed to anymore. Nothing is for you. Have you seen Victoria's Secrets? As soon as I turned 30, it was for 15-year-olds. I grew up being like, oh my gosh, Victoria's Secrets is so classy. They have clothes. If you guys looked past like the fourth four pages in the magazine, there used to be clothes. There used to look, be magazines. I'm, I'm you sorry, you think I house? needed
3: to look at a Victoria's Secret catalog. Yeah. I was relying on the mysterious bag of porn we found
2: out in the woods. <laughs> All I had was JC Penny magazines. Thank, those things oh, are oh. thick. And then, <laughs> I, but
1: as soon as 30 happened, Victoria's Secrets, they now service just that polka dotted dog is for 15-year-old girls. So that's what uh, that's what she's saying, is that society doesn't care about 30 year olds. Once you turn 30.
0: Yeah, I, totally I think got more that. what I was thinking was like the door joke or the falling off the edge of the world and being eaten by mm. turtles joke. Like that just feels like that, that stuff that is just like in our mind of things that medieval people believed, which they didn't believe, right? Like for the most part. At various <laughs> levels like, of- Didn't
1: they? Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they thought- They also, actually, not, no, I mean, there was,
3: there was educated, a Greek guy who so. proved that the world was round. So if you were educated enough and had access to the right books that would tell you that this then Greek Is that like, Aristophanes? Was is that it? no no like, aristophanes no. was the Andy's guy who alerted. was like uh plato i think said a man is a featherless biped and aristophanes came in holding a chicken and said behold a man and <laughs> uh chicken i that's
2: not you in argument. i'm sorry
3: i'm wrong about that too i'm just wrong about everything today no aristophanes was a playwright yeah, now i'm, I'm right it. i was wrong oh, before why? no aristophanes oh i said it wrong
0: Aristophanes uh, was a Greek man who measured the
3: circumference of the world. Oh. When
1: you, when you I was edit this- the playwright
3: then. There we go. Andy, I've when, been you, you, when you go
1: back and edit this, will you insert the word actually before- Like I edit it. With-
3: <laughs> yeah. Like I edit
0: this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, any, any other last words on this sketch uh, or the abortion debate? I, I, <laughs> oh,
1: I've got a couple of
2: words for <laughs> oh, that here one. we go.
3: All right. Was this
2: the best sketch to tackle the abortion debate? Probably not. Do they pull something out of the archives and say, hey, let's do an updated version of this? Yes, they 100% did. Is it weird that an Englishman is doing the sketch about American law? I think
1: it, no, I think it helps that it's, I was thinking this, I think it helps no. that he's British because we're talking about British like they're talking about uh, good point. It like, good point. it is medieval laws from England that we're talking about. Right. So I think it adds to that. I think that that helps because it is somebody from England also going, we think this is dumb too. Like we're not, you know, nobody is still believing this over there and we're the ones who wrote it. You know what I mean? So I think that there's a little bit that that carries a little more weight than just pre- everybody pretending to have an accent. So.
2: Great point. Great point.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, uh, is it is it absolutely great as a sketch? No. Does it have some good zingers? Yeah, it's got some pretty good zingers. I uh, think is I... the point. Go ahead,
1: Seth. I'm sorry.
3: Thank, Thank you. you. Is I I think the point is because they they say this a few times, like Cumberbatch has that line about, "Well, we've clearly reached the limit of human knowledge." So the point is <laughs> not that <laughs> medieval people are stupid; it's that there's so much they didn't know. Yeah and for us to go well clearly they knew better than we do is
1: or this is how it's always been yeah, that's, in that regard yeah
3: it's probably think, not a great argument to make even if again you are actually uh making the argument that the elizabethans knew better than we do about some stuff
1: and i think that i think that also the this cast is super i mean I, it's I think it's well balanced at this cast. And it's like you said, it's large, but it it's the, the women of this cast are very strong people. They're Cecily strong. Yeah. They're Cecily strong. She's super strong. And her accents are on point. Every one of them. Yes. Um, One of my favorites. So good. But like uh, all of the women in this cast, I think are all strong women who have strong views and definitely want to make sure that yes, we want to do comedy and we're here to do our comedy job. But we have a platform and we're not idiots about it. And if we can say something, we will. I mean, even just uh, Kate McKinnon, you know, uh, after Trump won and like her cold open and they just sang hallelujah, you know what I mean? And the world cried. Like, so I think that that's, there's something to be said for the direction of why this sketch was was hoisted as well, you know, because of the the power players in the cast that want that voice amplified, you know, so... It's funny. There's absurdity, but it means something different, maybe, to this person on the sketch nerds today than it might to the other three <laughs> players. Which one of these things is not the same? So
0: Isaiah's <laughs> black. Hey,
1: uh,
2: oh,
3: <laughs> More has got wait. more baby.
1: For those listening at home,
3: wait. I'm yeah. Jewish. Is that no? Okay, we're not. go, right. that's what.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. You uh, well,
0: get let's to uh, let's throw to the break, uh, and uh, we'll be back with more abortion talk.
2: First times can be awkward for everything, including comedy. So why not look back at a comedy writer's first attempt at making an audience laugh? From Philly Sketchfest, have a listen to My First Sketch, the podcast introducing you to sketch comedians from around the world, starting with their first sketch. Hosted by me, Josh Hyam, we'll explore how a writer got started, what shaped their sense of humor, and where they go from here. Check out My First Sketch at myfirstsketch.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey, I'm A.J. Schrader, and I believe everyone has a story worth telling, and also that I should potentially profit off of their stories. That's why I started the podcast I Wrote to a Pilot, where each episode I talk to a not-yet-famous person about their television interest and then make them read a television pilot I hastily wrote for them with the hopes of catching the eyes of the president of television. It's available on most major podcast platforms, or you can find out more directly at iwroteyouapilot.podbean.com. All righty, welcome back. Did I say abortion? I meant kite flying. Isaiah, introduce our next sketch.
2: All right, our second sketch today comes from our list of sketches we should talk about. Uh, this is kites by three princesses. Our three prince, princesses, princes. Uh, uh, the Bluster Twins Kite Shop presents Wind Mastery: Becoming Wind, hosted by Tenor Killian and F- Nord. Jord? New, York. Jord? New York, New York, New York, yes. Um, so this is a sketch team. I think they're a sketch team. I think they're actually an improv team that does video sketches. Um, Devin Field, Zach Oyama, and Jacob Basaki. These guys are. I, I, these guys are all California uh, West Coast comedians. They're doing great things. Um, Zach is the one that I know and recognize from his days. Um, on college humor YouTube originals making videos sketches with them so I think I found their sketch comedy through them through him um, he probably posted it on Twitter or something and I, and I just went through there but they have a YouTube page with a bunch of stuff on, with a bunch of stuff on it um, and this one is directed and edited by Ryan Anthony Martin I, I think it's hilarious there's a simple game to it and it's basically a parody video of learning how to fly kites put on by uh, these. The, the, three, uh, the three brothers that are the um, Bluster Twins. Here's the, here's the sketch. Hi, we're the three Bluster Twins. We know what you're
0: thinking. Isn't flying a kite kind of a lame thing to do? Then why are we having the time of our life? Because we're flying, flying the fundamentals. fundamentals. And we're gonna show you some tips
3: and tricks that will get you high on that wind. Come along with us now.
0: First trick in your kite flying arsenal: the barrel roll. What you're going to want to do is make your arm sending weight through your elbow. All right, Isaiah, we've got about thirty sketches on the sketches to cover uh, list. Why did you pick this
2: one? Uh, I always pick. I try to because you know we invite people on the show and they pick a sketch they like. A lot of people are going to go with Sederate Live or something with a bigger name, more recognizable, something that already has like a million views. And I watch a lot of sketch comedy online on YouTube. And so if I find something I'm like, this is really good or doing something unique, I try and save it. And so if we get a chance like this to bring one of those sketches up and talk about it, like no one's, chances are you've not heard of this sketch or the sketch team. And so I want to bring it up so people can just see there's there's so much good stuff out there that's not being seen because of... YouTube algorithms and that, and then there used to be a way where you would go on YouTube and you would find these things and now you can't. And so this is one of the few ways of getting it up there. But the reason this sketch ended up on the list is because of the premise, the execution and how the game escalates. I think all three of those are done very, very, very well. Why don't you go
0: into how the game escalates? Because that's where I think the sketch falls the flattest. Is escalating I think I'm with game. Andy on this.
2: What? I think, yeah, I think this, this game escalates very
0: weakly. But Isaiah, what how does this game escalate?
2: This is like a late 80s, late 80s, early 90s kite flying parody where these three brothers are going to show instructional
1: you... Instructional video.
2: Instructional video. Yeah. They're going to show you all the ways to fly a kite. And as you're trying to do this, the wind is hitting the mic and messing the mic up and cutting off and it's giving them technical difficulties. Every and time they
1: go to tell you exactly how to do it at home.
2: It gets, and, you just and, hear yeah. wind noise
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it just gets louder and louder and escalates more and more to a point where you really can't hear them anymore. So they they basically change the video. Say, all right, we're going to subtitle the video now. They go to subtitle the video and the wind picks up again. And this time it blows the subtitles off the video and it hits one of the guys in the face and then they're like okay we're we're actually re-recording this we're gonna re-record all the audio in a booth and then the wind blows and blows the booth down and they're back in the field and it's just like things just go out of chaos does it need an ending probably but i do like how it goes from this minor little thing of this wind messing up the recording to the point where the wind is now front and center And it has just taken over and ruined their video, basically.
1: They even have that poster, too, where the third of the twins, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He tries to use a poster.
1: And it it, it looks like, I I was just thinking, who spent all this time creating this, like, this prop with this beautiful, like, technical how to fly a kite and the downdrafts and everything. And uh, it's just funny that they would use that. Um, uh, I I think it's also funny that they... You see all of these retakes, and hi. We had some problems there, so we're gonna try it again. And in reality, what would happen is you would just yell "cut," like you would never see that on the finished product, right? So that also, I really enjoy that they just were like, "This sucked, but we're gonna keep it in and try again."
3: <laughs> there, I mean, there were definitely some. Uh, I, I liked a lot of jokes. I liked the. I liked the letters blowing away. I I liked the. Uh, <laughs> I liked the re-recording the audio and. One of the brothers had weak wrists.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the infighting that's the, infighting, when, uh, like, the yeah, wind the infighting happens. <laughs> they're like, this is why you're not a professional.
3: And friends. I love the like the delightfully absurd implication, or not the delightful not an implication, the delightfully absurd idea that what they're gonna do after having all this trouble with this wind all day is instead of going inside and recording it, they're just gonna put up a black blanket and be like, okay, we're gonna record it in the same place with the wind.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was surprised when the letters started falling off because I was like, "Oh, now they've done the closed caption. How are it, like how is this going to be a problem now that they have the closed caption?" And then it just started kind of taking, and it was artistic. Like how it, it didn't just like slide off or anything. It like they they start to off, wiggle like, first. One by one, they wiggle a little. Bit.
2: And then I, one of them hits the guy, so it, like it that. breaks that wall. Yeah, um, I, I, that I definitely love that yeah. strong physical all comedy. Of
0: them
1: wearing the windbreakers.
0: Definitely strong physical comedy for me mm-hmm. on this one. I, I I like that. I I think I think my complaint was it just it just felt like for, like until they get to the letters, I didn't yeah. find that any of those beats were noticeably yeah. different from any of the other. Beats.
3: Yeah, and like, and that's that's where I agree with Andy. Like I think if they'd cut directly from the one guy being drowned out by the wind to the letters to the the makeshift booth, because it's like tightened it. it. Well, we, hang on, wait. They needed three different people to do their segments and then go back and try to listen to it and go, Oh yeah, this didn't work for anybody. Now at this point that we've done three of these, now we're going to go back and add subtitles. And then now we're going to go back and do uh, ADR. It That was, I was, I was just like, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. They can't, we can't hear you because of the wind. I, I will say there was some, uh, a little perhaps additional unexpected comedy in the wind window. Uh, section because it's clear that the guy flying the kite is having a very hard time keeping it from crashing.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot it, going on. It does on seem like they're actually flying kites, which I found, which I found impressive because yeah. I mean, it's probably been 20 plus years since I tried to fly a kite, but it's it was certainly challenge, challenging. Yeah, it depends
1: yeah. where you are. I like the I again, sometimes, I mean, as sketch writers and performers, you think about like what brought them to the table, you know, or like when they're just like, it's a real windy day. Let's go fly a-, <laughs> fly a kite, Do you have a kite? What was the last time we flew a kite? Like just where this where this came up again. But um I think with the the tracking, you know, the the visual that makes it look like it's the late eighties, early nineties video and the windbreakers, like the the neon color block, you know, that everybody had kind of a thing. Like it just it, it really sets the the scene and it really um Takes you
0: back. <laughs> I think they <laughs> nailed they were the aesthetic. back there to begin they, with,
1: Andy.
0: Oh, well, I think they nailed the aesthetic. I, I yeah. love the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, the I'm curious. What did y'all think of the uh, pelican joke?
1: Oh, yeah, because it's not a pelican?
0: It's a seagull. It's
1: a seagull.
0: <laughs> they they <laughs> look, include, guys, they, the if they just break it. Hey, guys, look at that pelican. Then they show a seagull for I five seconds, seagull. and then it's just back to the scene. I'm just curious as to what y'all thought about that.
3: I laughed. I... I thought it was I thought it was cute. I thought it but in terms of like. Strengthening, what is essentially the big joke is that these people don't know what they're doing. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. I I wouldn't have I. It, I, it was fine, but it would not have completely ruined the sketch if it hadn't been there.
2: It, it To me, it sounded like one of those things where like on set someone may have said that yeah and it was hilarious and they're like we should put it in the sketch just just I'll see the line and we'll just put it in we'll find a place to put it in and then they put it in the sketch and I'm sure when they watch it everyone who worked on it who worked on it just laughs, finds it hilarious. But I think for where it is in the sketch and the arc that we're taking, you don't need it. It doesn't, it's it's it could have been a cutout.
1: I don't know, guys. I thought it was pretty solid, but again, I do spend a lot of my time doing comedy specifically for eight and four-year-olds. So, and they would have found that hilarious. My eight-year-old would have been like, What's not a pelican? Like, and I did laugh heartily at that. So
2: Well, I, I definitely like the idea where they open up it and they're like, you know, we're the three twins. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like stuff like that where it it fits what's happening and helps tell the story. I think that those kind of odd things help where he like shows you the, how to fly the kite and he does the big windmill arm spin. So like there's weird stuff like that, that I think fits the weird vibe of their sketches. But I felt like that was one that was like almost a half step out of the trajectory of the sketch.
1: Does the one the guy who pointed out the said seagull? Does he always wear pigtails in the other sketches? <laughs> the, the other <laughs> sketches?
2: It, it does, does not. Njord? Yeah. Yeah. Neord.
1: Yeah.
3: There, I mean, there was like, I honestly, one of the things that I liked the most was, uh, we're the Bluster Twins. We're we're the three Bluster Twins. No explanation is no. given. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is. It's just. It's the three bluster twins. I was going to say, even, even the Calvin's triplets on Comedy Bang Bang got a, got an explanation. Go look it up, listeners. It's fine.
2: <laughs> so I, but but I,
3: I do think, I think for me, like building
0: on what Seth just said, like it's those jokes that stand out the most to me about yeah. this sketch rather than the structure of the sketch yeah, I agree. as a whole. Like I love the line. It's it's really thrown away because it's kind of as the chaos starts to build. But after they say ninety eight percent of people don't store their st- kites correctly, they say we're the only people who oil and butter our strings.
1: <laughs> oil yeah. who both oil and butter. Yeah, exactly. We,
3: we want oil. we want to go as fast as we can. We want as much speed as we can. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice because we talked about this in the context of the other the other sketch too. Is that I was watching this and I, from frame one, I'm like, I know what's going on. I know why I like this. I know why I think this is funny. And I'm like, how many people that much younger than I am have familiarity with late 80s to early 90s training or how to videos? Yeah, right. And, you know, it's like, it, it's certainly not like people aren't doing how to stuff now. It just doesn't have the, the weird production values that videos of this type from that era do.
1: Even also, I'll say, uh, like, you could do, like, an entire thesis on this, but the way that uh, people have changed in front of the camera every generation and how confident you are and how relaxed you are. And nowadays, people grow up on – I mean, my kids, if my four-year-old, yeah. you take a picture, you take a video, let me see it now. Like, they know – how to perform from the beginning and if you go back and watch like uh i i watch all the old like cozy tv shows and um the old interview i god I can't even remember who it is but it's like pre-carson whoever was interviewing people pre-carson like in the 60s like he had kennedy's secretary jack on. Parr? maybe it's yeah. jack parr maybe it's jack parr and, even down to Jack Parr everybody who comes on there's a completely different vibe to i'm being interviewed by somebody on tv there's there's this kind of relaxed you don't know that the you're not performing for the camera the same way and they nailed that where it was much more like hi how are you and people don't do that as much anymore yeah. you know there's a different vibe to that generation on camera as opposed to what we have now and that they did that really well cuz that that's exactly what that was
0: or Dick Cavett is maybe who you're thinking of.
1: That is it. Dick Cavett. Oh, yeah. My no. husband can't stand watching it with me. He's like, this is excruciating to watch because everybody <laughs> is so very different as a human being no. in front of a camera than they are now. Yeah. Oh, I
3: love we it. we tried to watch, like, Allison was flipping through channels one night and she came across a 70s episode of Carson. And...
1: Yeah, it's hard We to watch
3: turned to different. each other and we were like, why does everybody think he was funny? Yeah. Like, it's this is awful. Right? It's, it's weird. The, the, the times they
2: change. Well,
1: I... I um, thesis material, listeners. As
2: I'm going to jump on, Seth talked about how it's a retro style video. And many of the people who probably would watch this may not understand what is happening because of the retro style of it. But didn't Kyle Mooney's Netflix show... Saturday morning all star hits. If the whole thing was set as a '90s Saturday morning cartoon, did that thing. show do
0: very well? I've never right. heard of it until you just did said it, it right now. Did I've did never do heard of very it well. until someone else pointed it out to me. Right? Those like and, and, and there's something to be said, and this comes up for us in the writers' room, right? Because someone wants to parody a song that's 22. That years Fat ago. Joe did. <laughs> right? No, no, and I, I right, and I did the same thing, right? I'll, I'll reference people, musicians, and stuff from the 90s that were just like, you know, it's because, like, in late elementary school and early middle school, when you're like, your knowledge That's of your pop, culture is time. starting to form. Yeah, when you're like, yeah, 13, right, exactly. 14, and so, like, that, that stuff hits so looking back at that, I find it ridiculous. So, I want to talk about what I find ridiculous about it. But, you know, there's the question of, like, who is this for, right? Does everything have to be for everyone? And if this works for people who are, 30 and above or whatever because even though i was born in 1990 i certain or 1991 certainly would have watched those kinds of videos mm-hmm. um you're really like
2: <laughs> Sorry. you're really not that Ces, much older than
0: Ces, okay. uh, but like but, but you, i was you,
1: almost babysitting by the time you were born i That's, was
0: 14 years old yeah,
1: yeah there you go I involved. don't know how to
0: explain that people
3: age. Just time sorry, Andy. No, just it's not.
1: Apologize this. for your youth. Just, we you don't
3: know. like it, Andy, is the point. <laughs> we understand apologize it. We're and experiencing move on. Goodness it. Sake. And we don't like it. You wait 14 years until you're 45, <laughs> and you're doing sketch comedy with some 31 year old. You see how you
1: feel whippersnapper. Yeah. like the world okay. is going to
3: exist when I'm 45. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's got a good point. Get a good point.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bad medicine um, celebrates 25 years of DC comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me at, now. Performing in an irradiated
0: <laughs> auditorium. Uh.
3: Irradiated. Flooded. Not irradiated.
0: Underwater. Vibes. Yeah.
1: Positive vibes. Hey, we're 331 feet above sea level here in D.C., guys. I've recently really? looked it up. So. Well, yeah. no, I mean, Baltimore's that's great. only 31. Baltimore and New York, 31. Us, 331.
3: But tell that to the Potomac.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Well, not if you live, like, in Georgetown. Hey, you know,
2: River, probably, you dumb shit. You're not right. supposed to be up this Being in a van high. down by the river is yes. where you should not oh, be living.
1: Well,
2: I,
0: what
3: was, it? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I was just, sorry, I was just thinking of uh, something else since we were talking about this, but there was a thing that we used to do in the Blue Show in comedy sports uh, when we were playing a particular game called Shopkeeper, uh, because in the Blue Show, if you were playing Shopkeeper, the idea was that, customers would come in and try to get the shopkeeper to guess what they wanted to buy and uh, in the blue show inevitably someone would yell dildo dildo right I always dildo can so, you explain
2: what comedy sports is and what right. is the difference between a blue and a red show
3: comedy sports well is. we didn't even call it a red show it's just the blue yeah, show inevitably we get a little blue i don't know it. i just know
2: they wear red shirts i called right. it i don't know <laughs> what i'm talking okay
3: about. all right so comedy sports is a a franchised short-form improv troupe there are comedy sports troops in many many cities across the u.s and canada and i think some even maybe in the uk um is
1: sports with a z Seth? it is sports it's with a z at the end yeah
3: and it's short-form improv so it's not long-form improv it's not one continuous plot or story it's a bunch of little games, games. right like
1: on whose line is it anyway it's much more like
3: less. exactly like whose line is it anyway there we go and the blue show is the one that we call it because We get a little blue, which means we do the adult material. So that's what I was doing. That's what was going on. But once as the shopkeeper, and I don't know, I don't think I started this, but I certainly did it every time I was a shopkeeper and this thing happened. But once you got what they were talking about, you'd sort of move back away from where you were and go, I need to go behind the beaded curtain. And then the audience would be like, ah, it's going behind the beaded curtain. Which only makes sense if you went to a mom and pop video story in the 80s and knew that's where they kept the porn. That is what that reference is. Yeah. And when I was in my 20s and 30s, that was fine. Not so sure it would fly as well now.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, there's no video stores anymore. No. I don't
3: have that. People are like, what? Like, there was a yeah, story. I get, to the, I get past
2: the video store for a girl. Did,
3: did you go there to stream video? No, yeah. no. no.
0: I think my philosophy is still like, if we know like our average, like if we do a show, we know our show's audience is going to be in their 30s for the most part. Like, probably some people are in their 20s, some people who are older, but the bulk of our audience is in their 20s, in their 30s and their 40s. So I I am rarely phased by those kind of, you know, we're referencing something that's for a specific group of people. We have certainly run into situations where we've performed for a younger crowd and stuff hasn't landed. But, you know, I think hopefully stuff is funny enough that it doesn't matter if you get the reference. Right. And and that's usually a hallmark of good, often of good parody or of lasting parody that you can still laugh at it even if you don't get exactly what's being parodied. Well,
3: it, it also is, it doesn't matter how old the thing is, if it's still enough in the cultural consciousness to
2: True. be relevant. It also needs a good setup. I think a lot yeah. of jokes that fall flat, even if people don't get the reference, it or even if you, it, it's really the setup. If you set it up right, you say this is an, this is an important thing, and now this important thing is ruined. That's the joke. Whatever so, it is will work as long as you set it up correctly.
1: If So how would you have ended the sketch instead?
2: They get blown away. They too become kites, basically. Just, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I like the idea of that. Remember everything back then I feel like ended with um, even though we didn't really have drones back then. I don't know really how this happened all the time. But it feels like all of those kind of 90s things was like a pullback crane called shot. Called a and helicopter. Everybody's just, <laughs> everybody just <laughs> waving. <laughs> and I would have liked to see like a full pullback shot and just like dozens of broken crushed kites around them. Like, oh, that, outside. Would been, that would have been a great And then shot. just the infighting more. You know what I mean? Like just smack, you know, just three stooges stuff by that point. But I like the blowing away as well. That's good.
0: All right, well, let's move uh, to the last segment of the show. Uh, Jess, you were the guest. I know you didn't really bring a sketch, but why don't you come up with a rating system for, uh, rating system. for us, for the sketches?
1: <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, I'm going to say uh, ribbons on a tail of a kite.
0: Ribbons many, on the tail of a kite many, is the yeah, ranking it, system. Yeah, so, please. Jess, let's start with the Roe v. Wade cold open. How many ribbons on the tail of a kite would you give that sketch?
1: All of them, Andy. All I would of give the it ribbons. all of the ribbons
0: all of the ribbons. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect sketch in your
1: mind. It's not perfect, but um it delighted me. It satisfied me on many emotional levels uh and uh, and I thought that they did a great job with 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 what it was. so i well, I would give it all of the ribbons minus two.
0: We always want our guests leaving uh, sketch nerds feeling satisfied.
2: Satisfied. That's uh, right the game. We yes. do. Isaiah, what did you think? I liked the row uh, rover V Wade called open. Um, I, I loved the the way they were saying the words, um, the wigs, the throwaway jokes. I mean, like their accents, not you know. I, I know what they, the, the, the I shoes, know what genitals, does. you know, childy. Yeah, yeah, child-y, and Drowning left-handed kids, uh, women in their 30s. Just like there was a, there was a lot to it to like uh, and I'm glad it didn't go longer than it did. Um, so for me, I think again, you know, for a political cold open, it's it's a pretty good one. So I would give it um, five Supreme Court justices length.
3: <laughs> Damn it, Isaiah, that was going to be my joke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everybody's topical. Yep. Well, Seth, I'll give you time to think of another joke. Uh, it's too late. It's too late. for me. It's too late. No more jokes. Um, I, I, I think, like as I said before, I just struggle with this hard political comedy to like really engage in it in a Why way. Why do you is even live in DC? For me.
1: Why do you even live here? I mean, I don't really mean, <laughs>
0: anymore. Um, so that did slow it down a bit for me. But I, I I think, like Isaiah said, like a lot of the kind of individual jokes work, but I think I voiced kind of the stuff I didn't like about it before. I don't really feel the need to rehash it. Um, so I will give this three ribbons on the back
3: of a kite. Uh, Seth? Well, I will give it as many ribbons uh, as it takes to um, pull six of the current justices out of their seats. Okay, there we go. That's that was up. the All thing. Right. All right, we we found it. it. Yeah, I found it. I did. I had to work. I had to work a little bit. Uh, Yeah, it's it's not perfect. Um, I think it was actually I'm going to say this. I think it might have been done a disservice by being the cold open because having to end with live from New York at Saturday night was not a good way to end that sketch. Uh, But I I liked I like the zingers. I like the constant things have changed. That is the message of this sketch. Things have changed for the better. In so many ways, please stop rooting your decisions and stuff. This old.
2: So the barber sketch kind of ends with the monologue from Steve Martin. Yeah. Should this sketch ended the same way? Should he had just turned to the camera and like and broken the fourth wall and said, "You know what? This is crazy. Who would what, ever make this decision?" Based, right. and then what say if we'd the thing that gone makes me sad? through some sort of.
3: Enlightenment and found some kind of humanistic way of making these decisions. Yeah, I would have, I would have gone for that in a big way.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: All right. What about
2: kites by Three Princes, Isaiah? Uh, I love the sketch. I, I wish they made more. Uh, their YouTube channel is like, looks like it's three years old. Not three, like they haven't touched it in three years. Pandemic, probably life, move on. College humor disappeared. So. A whole lot of things happen. Zachary Yama's um been on Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, They've all been on Comedy, yeah, Bang, Comedy Bang Bang, basically, yeah. which is great. So for me, this this really is a great singer. I love the wind. I love how it takes a physical presence in the sketch and it, and the blowing the subtitles away. I was like, this is an okay sketch. But once the subtitles started blowing away, I was like, I see what you did here. You worked, <laughs> You worked your way up to this point for this one joke, and I'm on board. This is great. Um, as an editor who's had to put subtitles into a video, that is amazing. I love it. Very great. Um, so I will I will give it the subtitle length of the longest book read out loud. So I don't know how many words that is. Um, length of a kite tail.
0: Good. Complicated.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I know for me, uh, I like this one better than the first one. Uh, I do I I do like the playfulness of it. I think the game could have escalated better. So I'll give the seven kite tales. Uh, Jess,
1: I too was thinking seven kite tales. I think there I think you go. No a lot more, of fun. no more comments. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of fun, and I I appreciate too. I I knew they had Isaiah with the editing, but but uh I yeah they did a lot of it was fun and it and any any time that you present. Like a a happy family unit, and then there's infighting. It has me every time. I really enjoy the like the realness behind the "Hi, today we're all one big happy family," and then they never are. And that to me, I always am tickled by that.
0: Well, maybe this was a sketch for editors, in the same way that Fred Armisen made a stand-up special for drummers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Seth, what did you think?
3: I actually I agree with you guys. I'm going to give it. Uh, the, I'm going to give it at seven, the oh. same uh, as you get the number of kids in sextuplets.
0: <laughs> <like> All <laughs> righty, everybody. Uh, I don't believe, does anyone have anything they want to plug? I don't know when this episode will come out. There's a Bad Medicine show at the DC Improv on July 14th, Bastille uh,
1: 2022.
0: Day. Bastille Day, correct?
2: yeah the summer the summer stuff is coming up yeah so uh if check our website out badmessycomedy.com for classes we got a bunch of shows um come out yeah anyone else have anything they want to plug um do it so i'm
0: still Seth. doing podcasts you still
2: doing your podcast yeah what are, you, doing... what are you what are you what do
0: you podcast, <laughs> What's your podcast? all <laughs> of my
3: podcasts i'll just do the three that i'm responsible for producing Uh, So that's Arrow, Chapter, and Verse. We're taking an extremely extended vacation from the Arrowverse. We're uh, watching currently Justice League Unlimited because uh, we wanted to watch something we enjoyed. Um, (laughs) And if, in fact, the CW uh, changes its contract with Netflix so that all of the Arrowverse shows go to a streaming service that is not HBO Max, we're going to have to reevaluate what the title of our show is because I'm not paying for (laughs) another service to stream those shows. Uh, There's also How I Spent My Allowance, which is a a, a diverse panel analyzing and discussing um, old Dungeons & Dragons novels and anthologies from the 80s and 90s. And then, of course, Flailing Through First, where my friend Will and I uh, debate the rules and regulations of first edition D&D. So podcasts for nerds. That's what I'm. Doing. I, th- I thought
0: that was for people who run through first base
3: too quickly. Yes, <laughs> it is. And they just in their arms just go this way, and then sure, you got to be careful. If you turn, if you turn left, you tagged out.
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you everyone for joining us uh, for another episode of Sketch Nerds. We'll be back again soon. Uh, for Jess Randazzo, uh, Seth Alcorn, and Isaiah Heaven. I'm Andy Will. Thank you for listening to Sketch Nerds.
2: This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com.